You are listening to Spot On, a health and wellness podcast that breaks through the latest media headlines to provide you with accurate and usable information that is, well, spot on, spot on to meet your needs. I am your host, Dr. Joan Salji Blake, a nutrition professor at Boston University and the author of the college textbook called Nutrition and You, which is used in colleges across the United States and abroad. Hello, Spot On listeners. We're back with another quarantined segment and episode for you. The name of this one is Flattening the Coronavirus Scam Curve. Oh yeah, this is making me absolutely crazy. According to the uh, Federal Trade Commission, the FTC, many Americans have reported this coronavirus-related frauds totaling over $18 million in losses due to bogus products and robocalls. Now they're getting calls uh, saying that they're from the CDC or making illegal medical health pictures. I mean, I can't stand it anymore. So I'm so angry and aggravated over this. And you know how it happens when I get aggravated. So what do I do? I get on NBCnews.com. And who is writing an opinion piece about this but my good friend, Tim Carfield. So I said, that's it. If you can write for NBC News, you can come on spot on and let's talk about all the scamming. So uh, Professor Tim Carfield, uh, he is calling in from Canada. You talk about long distance. And he is um, a Canada Research Chair in Health Law and Policy. Uh, professor, a, a faculty of law and school of public health, a research director of law and uh, institute. But his, this is his passion, and, and I'm sure you've heard of him. And you, if you haven't followed him on social media, that is an absolute must because he is a warrior against this kind of scam and quackery. And you know, we have this prior to this pandemic, and now it's just out of control. And uh, Professor Tim, he's written so many books on this. The one I, I, I just chuckle about it is, um, uh, what's, is Gwyneth Paltrow wrong about everything when celebrity culture and science clash? And you might remember me talking about him because he was actually in our first um, season, our first episode of Spot On, talking about quackery and celebrity um, nonsense. So with that, I am going to welcome Professor Tim Caulfield to Spot On. Thank you so much, Joan. Oh my gosh, what a nice, what a nice intro. Uh, and what crazy times we're living ah. in. It's this, the, ah. the amount of misinformation is absolutely staggering. Even for me, someone who studies misinformation, I can't believe it. It's, it's, it's even too much information for you. I got to tell you something, Tim. I had to update that number when I said that they were eighteen million dollars in, you know, fraud claims. Last yesterday, it was thirteen million. I had to update it today to eighteen million. I mean, this is like out of control, absolutely out of control. And and that this opinion piece that you um, wrote for NBCNews.com, and we're going to put this up on the Spot On Facebook page, is really spot on. I mean, this is absolutely crazy. Why do you think we are so vulnerable now to this craziness? Well, I think there's a whole bunch of things going on. Um, you know, first, first of all, um, there is the reality that this misinformation has been around forever. You know, as I argue in the piece and I've argued elsewhere, I think we've tolerated pseudoscience 
and health misinformation too long, right? So, you know, mm -hmm. we've, we've sort of tolerated the idea that you can boost your immune system. We've tolerated uh, the idea that there's superfoods out there that, you know, can enhance your system. And, and so we had that sort of background of noise. Uh, so I think that's one of, the, one of the problems. But then, of course, when you have this pandemic, you have uncertainty, you have fear. And there's really interesting research that suggests that when you have that kind of uncertainty, misinformation will fill in the gaps. Uh, uh, conspiracy theories will fill in the gaps because people want to have a complete narrative, right? And they'll right. they'll turn to this kind of misinformation, in in order to uh, in order to to get a a clearer picture uh, that fits with their their view of the world. But of course, Joan, another big element, and this is something we're studying right now, is the marketing. You know, people are taking advantage of the situation. And, and marketing bunk, uh, you know, Im immune boosting is just one example, but they're, they're marketing really harmful stuff. Uh, mm -hmm. And it's getting traction because, because the, the current information environment is just so incredibly chaotic. Uh, so those are just some of the examples, some of the reasons I think why we're seeing so much misinformation uh, right now. And of course, people just want to exploit the situation. You know, that's right. that's also a big factor. We've been doing these quarantined episodes, Tim, because people are stressed. They're exhausted. They can't work. So now when you're, you know, you're under the weather mentally, they're not sleeping, you're even more vulnerable to this kind of stuff because, you know, we don't have the crystal ball to say, oh, you know, July 4th, this is going to be all over. We don't have that. So, I, you know, people are just hanging on this quackery um, just to, 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 to find relief and thinking they can, you know, beat it. But, but the only thing that, that's getting beaten is their wallets. I mean, this is absolutely crazy. And it can be harmful, right, Tim? It, it can be harmful. And I think because I've had people say to me, oh, well, you know, who cares that this misinformation's out there? You know, you're overreacting. Sure, there's the really crazy stuff like, you know, drinking bleach. Not so crazy after oh, what Trump gosh. said. Uh, drinking bleach, um, you know, drinking cow urine, the idea wait, that cocaine wait. will cure you. You know, that stuff okay. is <laughs> is really harmful. And people have actually gotten gotten hurt from it. People have died as a result of it. Uh, then Wait, there's can, also can you the, just, can you can I just clarify? Yeah. Did you tell the say the president said to drink bleach? So did, did you what happened just just <laughs> <laughs> just last night? I mean you can't make this stuff up, right? President Trump uh, sort of garbled advice that he got from one of his his experts uh, around the idea that that um, cleaning disinfectant was a good way to clean the virus. So and they were talking about the use of, of bleach and the use of alcohol. And then Trump took that to mean that we could consume it in order oh, no. to fight the the coronavirus. Now, people say, well, that's absurd. Who's going to believe it? Well, we know that people are already right. buying bleach and bleach is already marketed as right. a treatment for a variety of things, including autism. Uh, and the FDA and the FTC is, is already fighting people who are trying to market that kind of solution. So you have that, right. you know, Joan, at, at one end of the continuum of bunk, you have that kind of nonsense. Um, but then you have the stuff about immune boosting, which, you know, you you've probably struggled with your whole career. This idea that you can eat superfoods, that you can take supplements right. that are going to boost your immune system. Um, and that's become a massive, a massive, massive market. And then right. and then on the other end of sort of more plausible where you've got misinformation is around the the you know, the discussions around hydroxychloroquine. Right. You know, this oh, this is right. being misrepresented. So th there's mis 
misrepresentations of science, misrepresentations of therapies, misrepresentations of, you know, conspiracy theories. It's just, it's a nightmare. I'm, I'm going to tell you, Tim, this is why we started Spot On, because I couldn't stand it anymore with all the misinformation out there. And I wanted to have a uh, platform to, to get it right. And of course, that's why I had you on early on in the whole venture here. But you're right. There is so much misinformation. And, and especially now, I get emails from the CDC about scamming, the Better Business Bureau about scamming, the FTC about scam. It's like it is so out of control. And you're right, because you say, oh, who's going to believe that? Yes, somebody is going to believe that. You don't drink bleach. In fact, you know, I, I was gone on to say is don't, you know, clean your vegetables with soap and water mm -hmm. and bleach because you, you're going to ingest the soap and water, the residue and the bleach. This is crazy. I mean, this is just absolutely crazy. So you're right. We're in this time now where we're all stressed and we're, and, and there's too much of this going around. I know this makes you crazy when you have Gwyneth and all these other celebrities, um, you know, putting out this misinformation. But why, why does it make it worse when it comes from them? Well, it's interesting because I've actually had some people say, well, you know, now that the pandemic is, is, is around, we're not hearing from celebrities. And, and it does feel like, I talk, I talk about this in the piece, that the volume has been turned down on celebrities a bit. Um, and I think that's just because there's so much going, else going on. Um, mm -hmm. But, but, if you look at the data, they're still having a big impact. So there was a really interesting study that came out just a few weeks ago from, from Oxford. And, and they, what they did is they looked at a, a sampling of news stories that had been fact-checked. And so these are, you know, misinformation, st stories mm -hmm. that had misinformation in them. And what they found was about 20% of them, the source of the misinformation was a celebrity, a prominent person, a, a, a sports star, right? And so that's, you know, 20% is still a pretty big hunk, but not huge. But what they did find was that 70%, I think it was 69%, uh, of the stuff that is shared online on social media is from celebrities, right? And so that's a great example from prominent individuals. That's a great example of the power that celebrity has, right? They, they are still playing a big role in the public discourse around this phenomenon. And a really good example is the 5G uh, myth, you know, this this conspiracy theory that that 5G Wi-Fi technology is helping to spread the coronavirus. You know, that that was really spread by celebrities. That was they really gave that myth that myth traction. Um, and and of course there's a lot of other other examples. So they're still they're still playing a big role. You know, Dr. Oz is a good example. Um, and you have so many wellness gurus pushing again the immune boost thing. So they're still playing a big role here. And one of my hopes, Joan, one of my hopes is a legacy uh, of this crisis is that we will be able to, you know, really kind of phase out that that way of thinking. You know, a man can dream, right? <laughs> and yeah, right. Uh, and and sort of embrace a more scientific uh, way forward. I think a lot of people just retweet things or, or repost mm -hmm. things, and I'm not even sure. Like from a celebrity or something, I'm not even sure if they read the whole thing. That's a that's an excellent point, and. You know what, Joan? You're right. <laughs> You're right. So uh, uh, our research project we have right now, we're, we're uh, one of our collaborators, an excellent rising star. His name's Gordon Pennycook. 
Uh, he went to, he was from Yale. Now he's in, in Saskatchewan, a uh, good Canadian boy coming home. And he, uh, he's done, he's done research that shows exactly what you just suggested. You know, you know, people want to be accurate. You know, there's, there's sometimes a, a perception out there that, that people are naive and, and maybe there's an, even a nefarious agenda and that's why they're spreading misinformation. And his research has found that no, people want to be accurate, but the social media platforms are so frenetic, right? They just invite you to not think about it and share it quickly. And so what his research has found, and this, and this collaborates, this fits with other people's work, is if we can just nudge people to think about accuracy, right? You know, the, sort of an accuracy nudge, Gordon calls it, and pause before they, they share, that can have a real impact on, on, you know, stopping the spread of misinformation. I know it sounds ridiculously simple, uh, but there's at least a few studies that suggest that that, that simple strategy can, can make a difference. You know, I, I can see how that could work, Tim, because you're bombarded on, on so many social media platforms. I mean, I mean, you spend, I mean, what, what did kids now spend, what, like t 10 hours a day on screen time or something, something absolutely crazy? And, and so that to get through them all, it's just, you know, retreat, retreat, or, you know, post or like or whatever. And so you're right. I don't, I, I can see how if you can get, if he can, this, your wonderful researcher here can get everybody to just pause a minute before you, you'll like something or whatever and think about it rather than just, you know, checking off a to-do list. That, that could help, you know, stop the spread of it. And, and you know, the other thing it does, Joan, is it, it reminds us also, you know, you, you debunk things, I debunk things, about how important it is to frame a debunk appropriately right you know don't mm. spread the misinformation you know th right. the, the lead should be the truth right you know so you lead right. with what the fact is uh and, and sometimes i screw up you know because you see something that's yeah. so ridiculous <laughs> you know you want that to be your headline uh but you always try to lead with what the fact is and then describe the misinformation and then close with another fact right so you know that it's a good reminder of, of that as people who are out there trying to be good science communicators to, to do it well. Some of this stuff, like drinking the bleach, which is horrific or whatever, is crazy craziness. But sometimes, uh, Tim, you have people that are saying things that are not too off base, but they're off base enough. Celebrities like Dr. Oz and our friend um, Tom Brady uh, saying things that, you know, they're more believable, but they're still wrong. Uh, right. And, and I think that um, that is one of the biggest challenges. And, and, and the other thing, I'm sure you've noticed this too, Joan, is sometimes the misinformation is kind of buried in virtuous advice. You know, And mm -hmm. so it makes it more difficult to debunk it because, I, you know, you say you can't boost your immune system. You know, that, that causes autoimmune diseases, anaphylaxis. You know, you say that, but their, their statement is embedded in this idea. Oh, we're all in this together. Let's exercise. Let's try to eat healthy. And by the way, take my supplements and boost your immune system, right? That's so right. That's right. It's, it becomes more difficult to to tackle it, but that that misinformation still still has an impact. We're doing a study right now where we're looking at Instagram around the idea of immune boosting, and you know we've just sort of done a a preliminary check, almost like a little pilot study, and uh, we're going to do a more robust uh, analysis in the very near future. But I, I went through over. I'm going to say over a hundred Instagram posts on 
on the idea of boosting your immune system. And Joan, I didn't find a single one, not one that talked about it accurately. Um, they all right. sort of, and there were some that were clearly wrong. You know, they were about supplements or some kind of herb that's going to boost your immune system. A lot were benign. You know, they had a beautiful picture right. of something and just hashtag immune booster. But But that really shows how misinformation, as you pointed out, can kind of sneak in there, right? It can sneak in there. Right. It's not drinking bleach. It's eating this herb to boost your immune system. Right. And you know, that is your first red flag, you know, and as I teach my uh, nutrition students here at Boston University, is that is a red flag when someone is, is, is saying something about immune, and then they're trying to sell you something. You know, mm -hmm. that's a red flag. And you got to figure out what the heck are they tr are trying to sell you. And vitamin C, uh, you know, listen, you could have a, a cup of OJ in the morning and your vitamin C, you're good to go and go back to bed because you met your vitamin C for the day. We did a study where we were looking at, um, I believe it was unproven stem cell therapies. And our hypothesis mm -hmm. was, and we were actually looking at alternative pro providers. And our original hypothesis was, you know, alternative providers are sort of jumping on this stem cell bandwagon to sell bunk. And, and that was true, but our hypothesis was wrong because almost always there was an MD involved, right? So right. I, I think it is... I, I think it is very problematic when respect, uh, a respected profession that is supposed to be evidence-based becomes a big part of the problem. And one of the things that we've actually done at our institute is we've really called on, in Canada, they're called the Colleges of Physicians and Surgeons, but the regulatory bodies to do a more robust job of monitoring their members. Because I'll tell you, it makes it way more difficult to debunk stuff, to call for good science when your own house isn't in order, right? And, That's right. and I think That's we need right. to do more and of that. That's absolutely, and you know, people see initials after the names and they just assume that, you know, these are all credible, but you really have to go to the credible sources. In the case of this, like the CDC, Dr. Fauci, who I love, you know, let's, let's you know, get it from exactly where we need to be, get it from. And how can the public know that? Because like, look at Dr. Oz. What's with him and what he said about taking that, oh, that yeah. drug? Incredibly, it was incredibly frustrating and, and he's isn't it, he's a he's a fascinating cultural phenomenon, isn't he? He he, right. he went from you know being a, a surgeon, a cardiac surgeon, to someone who pushes wellness woo, uh, to now a a Fox TV talking head. It's it's a fascinating transition, um, and he still has currency. Now there was a survey. This came out. You know, it was before the election. So it's a old and I don't think they've up, uh, done an update on it. But it was, you know, who are the t most trusted people in America? That was the question, right? So this is 2016, the question. So it's the survey is getting a little bit old, but I think still relevant to our conversation because he'd already been in trouble. And he right. was still, Joan, in the top 20 top 20 right. most trusted people in the United States, which is just horrifying to me, right? just horrifying. Um, totally horrifying. Uh, but he has that, he has that sway and uh, for a whole bunch of reasons, right? Um, and I, I think that, uh, you know, the, one of the good things that's happening is I feel like the medical profession and scientists now are pushing back more robustly. You know, he could have said something kooky um, a year ago, and there would have been people like you and others saying, you know, Dr. Oz is crazy. But now when he says something that's that's inappropriate and scientifically inaccurate, you're getting a lot more of these trusted right. voices speaking up. So I, right. I, I just wrote a piece, actually, um, 
calling for more of that. You know, we've got to stop tolerating pseudoscience because it's, it's you know, it's much harder uh, to fight it once it's already sort of embedded in, in pop culture. I remember saying to my uh, nutrition students, we used to be in the business of prevention. We wanted to prevent the heart attack and or, or uh, certain cancers or stroke or type 2 diabetes with, with a fork and a knife. But we are no longer in, only in the business of prevention. We are now in the business of prevention and protection of the public because of all the craziness that is out there. And we have to be more verbal about it. And, you know, and, and, and you are fabulous this role model and to call it out what how can we protect ourselves so we don't get scammed during this very vulnerable period uh, i think you know i want to comment on, on what you said about uh the evolution of of health professionals because i think you're right i i, I think that tim i'm always <laughs> right why do you say i think i'm right I'm, you're I'm always like, right joan is right that's what the show think? should be called uh, we should gosh, rename it God. Yeah, Joan is right. I think health it should be a responsibility, not just of health professionals, but perhaps mm -hmm. the scientific community to correct the record when they see something's wrong. Mm -hmm. um, you know, quantum physics does not justify homeopathy. We need physicists to step up and say that, right? We need gastroenterologists right. and immunologists to talk about immune boosting. We need uh, nutritionists, right, to speak up about, you know, superfoods. I think it should become part of your responsibility to society when you right. become an expert in this area, whether right. you're a scientist or a health right. professional. In this age of misinformation, and now that we're seeing the, the profound harm that misinformation can do, mm -hmm. you know, I, I really think that needs to become more of a dominant role of, mm -hmm. of professionals. Right. But what can we do? I, I think that we need to, you know, it's e actually easier in Canada than the United States because, uh, we, in, in Canada, we actually still trust people. <laughs> so I know. It, it is hard because in the United States, I know you, you've seen this data, that you know, Americans don't mm. trust the CDC. The Americans mm. don't trust the World Health Organization. So you got to turn to the entities that are aggregating the evolving science in a responsible manner. And that really is the World Health Organization, the CDC, mm. and the lo local public health authorities. Yes, they're not doing it perfectly, but they're moving targets and their recommendations are going to evolve as the science evolves. And that's a good thing, right? So you have to do that, I think. I, I think also teaching and, and highlighting basic critical thinking issues like, you know, and anecdotes, not evidence, evidence, a testimonial, even come from a celebrity. That's, that's not evidence. You need a body of research. And I also think we can really push what we've already talked about, you know, those reminding people to think before they share. Right, just hashtag right. think before you share. That really can make a difference. You know, I, I cultivate this culture of accuracy. Um, I, I think right. is one of the things that we can do, and hopefully, if we, you know, to to create a long term legacy, right, f from this crisis. I think that's one of the things that we could try to emphasize. And, you know, not only you know think before you you know retweet or share, but. Uh, read the whole thing. But listen, let's have let's end on a happy note here. You have a new book coming out. Can you tell us about this? Uh, I do have a, a new book coming out, and it was supposed to come out um, next week in Canada, and then later in the United States. But thanks thanks to the uh, the pandemic, um, the publishers decided to push it, which I really, to be honest, I appreciate that because you know, it is mm -hmm. very yeah. hard. Um, but, you know, having said that, the book has a lot of things that are relevant to um, what's going on uh, right now, because I do talk about hand washing and talk about germs. Uh, in Canada, the book is called Relax, Damn It. 
in the United States, I think it's going to be called Your Day, Your Way. And the gimmick is I go through a whole day uh, of the uh, of all the decisions we make and 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 look at the ways in which all of those decisions are fed by misinformation or twisted by our own cognitive biases. And most importantly, might be twisted by our fears and anxieties in a way that isn't constructive. So I try to have fun with it. You know, it's like your typical day. So I look at some serious stuff. Uh, and I also look at a lot of frivolous stuff like toilet seat up or toilet seat down. <laughs> I mean, that's important stuff. <laughs> this, this is big stuff. <laughs> big big stuff. stuff. But this, that is great. I can't wait. I'm going to go on Amazon and pre-order it because right now Amazon is taking four months to ship anything. So if I order it now, I may get it by Christmas. <laughs> that's <Another> right. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> right. I'm hoping yeah, everything is going right. to be sorted out, uh, sorted yeah. out very soon. Tim Caulfield, as always, keep doing what you're doing to protect the public and sharing your wisdom. We were going to put up on the uh, spot on Facebook page all the articles that he has written in support and calling these crazy people out. So, Tim, I just want to thank you for being on Spot On. Thank you, Joan, and thanks to your whole team for the work uh, that you guys do. Spot On is supported by the Boston University Sargent College's Master of Science degree in Nutrition program. Log on to bu.edu to learn more about this fabulous nutrition graduate program. Thank you for listening to Spot On. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. This way you'll get every new episode every week. And by the way, leave us a nice review. And can you also like us on our Spot On Facebook page and suggest topics for future episodes? Please follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Joan Salji Blake. And oh, by the way, can you send this episode to five of your friends? Do I ask a lot of you?